Welcome back to episode 54 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we bring you two very special guests from the Sandbox team. We bring you Nathan, who's part of the marketing team, as well as Sebastian, who is the co-founder and COO of Sandbox. Here are just a few examples of what we discussed today. First up, we go over some of the lessons learned from the mobile market. Next, we ask why Sandbox and why blockchain. Then we break down how user-generated content will populate the world. And finally, we discuss partnerships and traversing the different metaverses. All right, let's listen in. And uh, you look pretty young. I'm just curious. Uh, were you around with the company since it's like early days in 2012 when they were like a mobile game? So you could. No, I'm not. No? Uh, so I joined the Sandbox uh, last uh, September, last summer. Okay. Um, Is it okay if we and ask, I joined... ask questions like, uh, you know, about that? Uh, you know, time for the uh, company, you know, go back in time a little bit and will you be able to answer those type of questions or should we just focus on what's coming up next for the sandbox? So I can give you a rough overview of, uh, you know, what uh, what the sandbox is coming from and the, yeah. hype, the IP and the, yeah. the company behind uh, the sandbox, uh, which is named Pixel, actually. Uh, Pixel. And they, the company has been doing video games for about eight years now, uh, developing uh, you know, video like mobile video games mm -hmm. uh, uh, with uh, various IPs that they leverage, and famous ones such as you know, uh, Adam's Family, also Garfield, Snoopy, like some some famous brands like that, and some other games with like uh, big uh, big video game brands. And uh, the company Pixel has been acquired by uh, Animoca. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I mean Animoca Brands, which is a Hong Kong-based company. Uh, listed on you know the Australian exchange, um, and that was uh, I believe two years ago, uh, a bit less than two years ago, uh, and it's about the time where uh, Pixel decided to uh, leverage their existing IP, so the Sandbox, which was a Sandbox game on uh, a Sandbox mobile game uh, mm -hmm. that had a pretty good success uh, with over 40 million uh, downloads uh, on mobile and. Uh, uh, worked pretty well uh, with a wide reach. And uh, two years ago, they decided uh, the company decided to focus and to leverage this IP with uh, a focus on, on a, a blockchain technology. Mm -hmm. and, um, but it, it comes from the real realization that uh, you know all the creators that they had on, on the, uh, their platform, the mobile game, um, uh, were creating stuff, but creating stuff that did not belong to them. Uh, and blockchain technology could enable them to actually own own their creations. Uh, so that's where you know the idea came from. And blockchain blockchain technology, and specifically Ethereum, uh, appeared like uh, uh, not an obvious use case, but a, a very you know uh, convenient technology to solve uh, pain points pain points that were facing the the creators the that have been uh, working and using the, the Sandbox uh, yeah. IP on mobile. Interesting. So for a little background, did, did uh, um, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for that. Yeah, the reason I bring up the, the history of the company, just because, you, as you mentioned, you have a, pretty much a successful track record of onboarding users and how to maintain and grow a user base. So that, that's obviously going to be a big uh, 
I wouldn't call it obstacle, but I guess a big part of how to get you know users comfortable and familiar with the uh, the cryptocurrency or blockchain version of these types of games. You know, mm-hmm. there 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 are some barriers to entry for a lot of people, mm-hmm. such as the 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 Ethereum wallets and stuff. They're gonna need to uh, download and integrate into their experience. So I guess can you uh, maybe talk a little bit about that? How you guys are approaching that uh, obstacle? Yeah, sure. Uh- so there is, uh, it is indeed a native barrier to entry uh, to many. Um, the fact that you have to use a crypto wallet uh, is kind of complex mm-hmm. uh, and new to a lot of people, uh, to most people actually. Most game users, uh, you know, gamers are not used to such technology. But so we do have this challenge of educating our users to using those those tools. Um, but I think we're uh, also trying to, you know, allow all the uh, neophytes, all the people that, uh, you know, the, the newbies, basically the newcomers to this technology. Uh, we um, want to, uh, I mean, we provide them solutions that will not uh, require them to understand specifically the technology or uh, like we use a single sign-on solution called uh, Bitsky, mm-hmm. uh, which allows you basically to connect on your uh, account to sign up on your on our uh, platform uh, without even having to touch any crypto. You just mm-hmm. you know, uh, so you could sign use up like a like a credit card, for example, or something like that. Yes, you can already buy crypto with your credit card on send- the sandbox. Okay. Uh, so and you can do that through Bitsky, which is this single sign-on solution. Okay. Um, it's uh, it still requires you to kind of understand why you need to buy this, you know, yeah. crypto called ETH. We were based on the Ethereum blockchain, so um, I think we try to make it accessible to uh, the masses, uh, mm-hmm. to make it accessible to. Uh, anyone that wants to sign up and you know get a little bit get a glance of what our platform is um, but i do think that to understand deeply our value proposition and what we genuinely offer to those uh, creators mm-hmm. uh, they will need to dig uh, to dig in a little bit mm-hmm. um, but we also believe that once uh, entry, you know once they enter the platform uh, uh, we want to be a, kind of a, like a rabbit hole for uh, many for the gamers to enter the uh, you know the blockchain the blockchain space. So um, we we so again we allow uh, the masses to enter via, via like easy solutions mm-hmm. uh, like single sign-ons that anyone understand, and then we'll provide education to to uh, to them uh, as much as we can, and of course we'll try to replicate. You know, user experiences from other platforms so that they don't get lost mm-hmm. too much. Um, but of course, they will need. Uh, we will need to bring a lot of education to the uh, to our platform for anyone to to understand. And that's also part of our vision. We really want to. Um, uh, we really want to bring the masses to to this technology as well that we strongly believe in. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, we under. I mean, we uh, acknowledge the fact that it is a challenge, but we're uh, very much, you know, aware of it, and uh, it's part of our vision as well. So, so Nathan, let me give you a little bit of our background and understanding in blockchain gaming. We're we're pretty big in Decentraland, and uh, we okay. developed our own application that allows other landowners to deploy content that allows them to earn a passive income, and um, and so okay, cool. our audience is 
pretty much understands like we're, we're getting a lot of like feedback that our audience really likes the metaverses, like us talking about the metaverses. Yeah. And I'm curious as to, because I feel like the sandbox is a good model to onboard brand new players into the space. So I'm curious as to how much, is it difficult to have players and, and users understand that the assets that they're interacting with in a game can be officially owned by the individual player? Like, is that like a huge boundary to cross for players to understand that the assets can be owned by them instead of, you know, an otherwise centralized game where you you collect an armor and you think it's yours, but it's really not? Yeah. So interesting question. I think um, so it's it might not be uh, very obvious at first. You know, when you enter on our platform, on the sandbox, what we call the dashboard, so the main website, basically, you have access to the shop where you can, uh, as of today, you can buy uh, assets that will be, you know, part of your wallet. You can also, we just uh, basically finished the second round of our uh, land pre-sale where you could buy land. Um, and those tokens will come into your profile, etc. But so when you buy, when you do this, uh, when you purchase these assets, uh, you do not necessarily understand that uh, mm-hmm. it is, uh, you know, it, it is yours. It is actually you, you are the true owner of this asset. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you, you know, you start to go into your MetaMask account or your BISC account, you start to see your public address that lists your tokens. And then you go to OpenSea and you see that, oh, it's interesting. I see my assets that are you yeah. know, listed over there. Or you go to Etherscan and you see, oh, wow, this is like a public database where I can see all my assets. Well, okay, so, you know, it's not only on the sandbox. It's kind of everywhere. So I think at first it might not be obvious, but when you start looking around and understand that, you know, you can even sell your stuff without having to go through our platform, uh, that you can look basically your your wallet address pretty much everywhere, that you can also sell your asset, buy other assets, that you will also interact with the platform, I think. I think people understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is so. That's one point. I think the fact that it's basically public uh, and accessible through many different tools, etc. Uh, and um, one other point is that we also try to educate users about that. So mm-hmm. we we wrote content uh, to amplify this this fact that actually you know um, true ownership, interoperability uh, are like values that we do think that are genuine added value again. And so we, we're advocate of this. We're uh, presenting all the NFT, like NFT conferences, events. Uh, also, we try to write about it. We do podcasts about that. Uh, we're talking now in interview because mm-hmm. also that's something that you know, we, we believe, mm-hmm. uh, we believe in. Um, so that's something that we talk about and we try to, to educate our users about as well. Yeah, because um, the the reason, another reason why I bring that up is because Iman and I, we grew up playing video games, just I'm sure like you did, Nathan. And, um, you know, we grew up with like Nintendo, Mario, Halo, World of Warcraft, all that stuff. And even when we were introduced to the concept of blockchain and then the concept of blockchain gaming, it wasn't exactly easy to comprehend that we can own land, right? And I think that is the major selling point in a lot of these metaverses is that we become the owners of these assets. And one of the questions that we have is, in your opinion, what is 
isn't there a financial incentive to keep games centralized for the creator of the game? Um, because you might, you there's a probably a better way to earn money at a higher volumes in a centralized game than it is decentralized. Am, am I wrong in thinking like that? Uh, no, it's true in, so to some extent that, uh, of course, like if you're centralized, you're able to capture all the value going through the platform more easily. So it's an uh, opposition to that. Like if you're a decentralized platform, uh, what we sell, like the lands and the assets that we sell on and we allow people to buy, uh, are we're, we're maybe not able to capture all the value, the mm. secondary sales value, basically. Mm -hmm. So in, in some sense, of course, we we kept we we're not able to monetize, you know, the uh, as much as we would have done it through a centralized platform. Sure. So I think, in terms of um, uh, capturing the revenues of as of things that we issue, indeed, it, it can be. Uh, less important. Um, however, we on, like on the other hand, we, we believe that it can attract traffic from many other platforms uh, on our platform, uh, and that's also through interoperability. Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that um, it, it is open, so people do whatever they want with their assets. But uh, it also means that you know uh, they can uh, import assets from other platforms into ours. So um, might you know we might compensate uh, in the long run. We might compensate the what we lose in the fact that people can resell on secondary sales all their assets. Mm -hmm. In the fact that they potentially can also import a lot of assets into our platform as well. I see. Um, yeah. So when you so mean that's a way to see things. Uh, mm -hmm. But of course, to answer your question easily, it might you know it might be it might be harder to um, to attract and to retain all the value going through the platform. And so I, I'll interrupt you guys because I have Sebastian joining us. All right. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Hello. Hey, Sebastian. Sorry for being late. No worries, man. You're good. Not, not a problem. Yeah, we were just getting into the, the nitty-gritty details of the sandbox. I guess, uh, I guess we might as well just start at land, the base layer of the metaverse, right? Uh. I guess explain to us, because yeah, we come from a Decentraland background, so we know a lot about what, what the value of land is, but I guess a good question to ask you guys is, what's what's different about your land? Uh, whenever I purchase, by the way, I purchased some of your uh, pre-sale land, <laughs> just to let you know, and I noticed there's like some uh, textures or maybe minerals or something uh, incorporated, some kind of, I saw like uh, maybe like dirt and water and stuff like that in your land parcels. Can you explain what that is? Yes, well, uh, so thank you for participating in our uh, land free, uh, the second round of maybe the first round of our land free sale. Uh, congratulations for being mm -hmm. a landholder. Thank you, thank you. Um, as you could see on our map, uh, you can put your own logo on some estate and start customizing your face. Uh, yeah. This is the first step of uh, showing that this is really your part of the metaverse and you'll be able to customize and publish your game experience on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we felt it was important uh, as a first step already um, on our platform and before we are going to add uh, the, the, we are going to enable uh, the create the old landholder to be the first creators using our game builder to publish uh, the, their games uh, soon there mm -hmm. um, so this is part of our roadmap 
the thumbnail you can see with dirt, etc. So we have a gaming background. Uh, we've been developing the Sandbox IP for uh, close to eight years now. And um, maybe as you saw already on some of our promotion materials, the idea is we have a certain aesthetic in our metaverse where uh, creators will be able to place both blocks and voxel base entities in a no code drag and drop approach and they will then already uh, have a generate gaming experience without any uh, uh, scripting coding etc it all comes to life as easy as this um, and so uh, the visuals you have is uh, a preview of an example of the nature world that uh, can populate your landscape. That's why quite often we, we we say in a simplification, like we are sort of like a Minecraft on the blockchain, where creating is playing. You interact with blocks, you interact with entities. These entities have already their own behavior. Uh, so anyone can start creating, but later on, uh, in the next year or so, we'll also have visual scripting and even custom coding that enable more advanced uh, users to create uh, even more customized experiences, leveraging the behavior we implemented and offer uh, and uh, even changing uh, the parameters and more creating uh, potentially more interesting experiences. So that means you'll be enabling a software development kit? Well, uh, I wouldn't say it's a SDK. We are really like you installed, you enter uh, the game builder, you start creating and playing with the game builder. So uh, it's still a B2C product. It's not meant uh, to be B2B, but okay. uh, some of our partners are clearly uh, game development studio, both traditional and both uh, blockchain gaming studios. And they'll be able to use our metaverse and publish uh, game experience created using this drag and drop approach to host uh, their community, social media, and complementary experience to uh, the, the games. The if I games. if I may, Sebastian. Um, so uh, I, I was we were telling Nathan that we have a little bit of a background in uh, Decentraland, and uh, and yeah. and I'll share some of our experiences. That way, you can take the little nugget of information um, and uh, see if you can implement it with Sandbox. And we've seen in Decentraland they have a little uh, a builder where. Uh, Basically, anybody can build uh, a creation and deploy on their land. But what we've seen is they, the Central Land also has an SDK. And that SDK seems to perform better, have more unique experiences. And uh, it seems to me Decentraland is a little bit more set up for an SDK. Um, and I, I, I feel, have a feeling that with the capabilities of blockchain and, and all these decentralized metaverses is the capability for the development community to come in and start generating unique experiences that wouldn't otherwise be capable in other games. And for one is um, one of the games that we created for Decentraland is one that can earn a passive income to any landowner that deploys that game on their land. And so we've, we've had um, people buy these games and deploy on their land and become very successful. And I, I to me, it seems that the unique experiences created by the development community has a lot of value than experiences created by a user that may not have the technical skills to come up with something as unique as 
you know, uh, something that you would be otherwise create with a software development kit? Well, uh, I think like both Decentraland are self-high pioneers in the space. And so the value proposition of Decentraland is unique. It's quite interesting. And uh, it's great that you have been already able to benefit from it through the software development kit and show some possibilities of what it could be. Uh, and, and it can be quite successful as well. And I'm really looking forward to the upcoming uh, public launch of the Central on February 20th as well. We've been looking, we've been knowing the team for a long time. And, and mm -hmm. of course, uh, we wish them all the success because we we, we are all together. Sure. Uh, many companies, the Central Island, CryptoVoxel, Somnium Space, uh, etc., building a new value proposition mm -hmm. or even multiple value proposition to the users and showcasing the potential of blockchain technologies. Uh, I think in the case of Sandbox, our approach has been uh, slightly differentiated. Uh, we uh, are, uh, as a platform, we are proposing uh, several tools. The first one has been the Voxel Editor, where artists can make uh, 3D models animated and publish them on the marketplace, tokenize them, and uh, have a utility for this uh, 3D models turn into game items through our game maker. But we are seeing now uh, more use case for it. For example, game developers could start making 3D voxel models, publish them on uh, our marketplace and use them inside their game as part of uh, the interoperability of, offered by uh, ERC721 and ERC1155 non-fungible token. Mm -hmm. so that's also uh, an interesting use case that we start to explore. Um, and we are, I believe, uh, really content focused, which uh, for us is quite interesting uh, and is part of our experience in user generated content where we not only provide uh, the environments where you can build a game, but also now you can create your own elements following specific behaviors and use them inside. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, we are uh, uh, I think it's important based on the background of the Sandbox IP. So when we say we are leveraging our experience with Sandbox IP, we've been developing it for seven years. It's not just we are trying uh, this IP as a certain history, a background, a way where uh, as a, a user, when I, on the mobile phone, when I was, uh, when I was playing with over 500 elements and drag and dropping them on the screen and that can start seeing them interacting uh, coming to life, uh, animals moving, water flowing, etc. Yep. It's already something unique that you couldn't find in other games, and we're trying to translate that uh, from 2D to 3D, multiplayer, single player to multiplayer, and single platform to uh, multi-platform, with uh, really the empowering all the users on our platform through the true digital ownership, and that's something I believe is proper to Sandbox IP, uh, and, and we. It's been we we've put a lot of attention into that. Like it's not it for good reason. It's the third episode or third product from this franchise. Um, the simplicity of creating, the accessibility, the content uh, first approach as well, mm -hmm. and now uh, empowering creator. We actually are uh, we we started launching a pre-sale last week on February 11th. Land part sold out, as you could see, but mm -hmm. we also have been uh, featuring and selling 10 uh, user-generated content as assets, NFTs, made by the artist, and through the smart contract, 
whenever a user or a creator purchase those assets, the payment goes directly to the artist. We don't uh, receive any payment, just a small commission uh, transaction fee, sorry. So uh, we are already at this point of time where uh, true to our promise, we've been empowering creators. The mm -hmm. first one, the artist contribute to the content on our platform. Right. Then uh, now as the game builder is coming closer and closer to uh, a public alpha release, we want to showcase what is so unique about making games with sandbox inspired by the history of our franchise. And it, it's going to be different from your experience from the central. And it doesn't mean that you as a game creator, you should not do, uh, you should be only doing one or the other. We think that Agreed. you have now more and more opportunity to choose from and see which could take, uh, uh, maybe uh, give you more revenue or all will give you revenue. Sure. Can be fun as well as social experiment where you'll be playing with others, chatting with others in the land uh, you own, etc. I'm curious, Sebastian, uh, the user-generated content, um, <clears throat> the voxel art that people are creating, are they all uh, ERC721 or 1155 tokens? So they are already ERC eleven fifty five tokens. Eleven fifty five. Yes. Okay. So the lands are ERC seven twenty one. Each land parcel is unique because it has a unique location. Mm -hmm. uh, but the assets are uh, backed by ERC eleven fifty five standard. Okay. Uh, standard. We are one of the three main contributor together with uh, Engine and Horizon Games. Yep. So when I was, I was looking at the... Uh, the option, potentially, uh, to actually extract an ERC721 out of it, if you like. But yeah. as we are seeing more and more adoption of ERC765, it's already supported by OpenSea Marketplace, Z-Wallet, mm -hmm. more games. Mm -hmm. We think uh, it, it might not even be necessary, and uh, it's paving the way. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, evaluating the uh, asset marketplace, uh, the user-generated marketplace, uh, I noticed each uh, individual asset has its own rarity element to it. Uh, so I'm assuming the creators themselves, they assign or mint, I guess, the, the number of assets that they want to exist. How is that determined? Is it just up to the creator to say, let's say I spent a long amount of time making a very detailed uh, dinosaur? Um is it 100% up to the creator? I just want to release one of these to maybe minimize the, you know, it's not as difficult to sell one, right, than it is to sell a thousand of these things. Yeah. Is that how the the uh, system operates, is to give the creator all that flexibility? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, is there an incentive to create only unique voxel art? Mm -hmm. Or is there some kind of gameplay that the creator might have in mind that may necessarily uh, facilitate creating a thousand of these? Mm -hmm. Right. That's a great question. If it was only uh, an aesthetic um, element, then that would let, it would be quite artificial and those will be just 3D models. They will not be what we call game items. Mm. What makes this asset actual game items is they have attributes. Right now, we have five standard attributes per game asset, which are speed, attack, defense, magic, and wealth. Oh, then interesting. These attributes will be used in the game builder to define uh, how it, in the game they will behave. And so, uh, in, as a creator, an artist, uh, in order to uh, mint 
to, to upload to our marketplace and turn this uh, 3D model into a game item and define the rarity, which allows me to assign more attribute points to either of those five attributes, I will need to consume gems. Gems oh. are also um, tokens. They will, they will be ERC20 tokens okay. that can be found by players inside mm. uh, the games. Interesting. And, uh, and so uh, creators will need to uh, trade uh, with the players who are uh, giving their time to find the gems. Mm. Uh, and wow. and it, then it allows what we call a circular economy where yes. every actor yeah. in our ecosystem... Hey, like, you just went mute. This sounds eerily similar yeah. to something we've talked about yeah. before on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, Sebastian, we can't really hear you anymore. Always muted? Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good... This is great. Yeah. This is great to hear because... Yeah, we've been talking about a metaverse. Uh, we've been talking about a metaverse where uh, the the users go and and mine some kind of uh, rare material to collect for some given incentive, and yeah. and I think that's exactly what you guys are doing with the sandbox or with the gems in, in particular. I think uh, what what's most important is like us or we we believe it's what's going to be the the main, I wouldn't call it selling point, but what's going to keep users coming back to the platforms that we're creating is, is what you just said, a closed loop economy where pe- people can not just spend money on content that they enjoy, but there's potential to earn yes, as well. Exactly. So it's almost, it's like a second life existence within the metaverse. You know, you exactly. could make an earning there. You could spend your earnings on whatever you want. So the, to hear that this uh, there's... Yeah, that's on the way. I mean, or it's already built into the platform is is great. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, it gives us an incentive to jump in and start like, you know, collecting these yeah. these assets. Yeah, that, that's wonderful Absolutely. to hear. I, I think like um, it, it will be quite. It will drive like a meta game for players to explore all sort of games and find those gems. Uh, game creator can increase the production of gems inside their land through staking sand inside the land and uh, some other parameters that we're still defining to have a right balance of gems production overall across the metaverse. And uh, we're even expecting to see um, uh, users come up with decentralized exchange solution where they will by themselves starting to value the gems uh, and uh, based on supply and demand trade it on say on using Uniswap, Kyber Network and this this sort of solution. Just like we started seeing, uh, for example, in Axie Infinity users um, trading uh, love potions Mm -hmm. through uh, Uniswap, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting then because it brings also uh, DeFi into gaming yes. through that mechanic. Mm. That's interesting. And even in the future, we'll start finding uh, players trading uh, secondary uh, in-game currencies or resource cross games. So love potion traded with gems, for example, can be a, a way to attract players to one another or justify that. Uh, an economy, an open decentralized economy that goes beyond just one game. But it, it, it's, uh, it, this it, is a uh, this is an important mechanic. Uh, do you want to talk about your experience with uh, World of Warcraft and how uh, addictive you know that type of gameplay is? <laughs> uh, in what aspect? I mean, no, there's, there's so many different elements to it, like the uh, like what part? Mining, collecting, and grinding to 
to yeah, collect what ultimately you ultimately it's it's the uh, the sense of achievement you get from these type of MMO experiences you know right. th- there's different elements to that whether it's grinding or just uh as a collective a collective goal to achieve some type of to defeat reward, a monster like a reward or something like that right there's always blizzard you know entertainment they invented maybe not invented but they perfected the formula yeah. of of addiction i guess is what you'd call it <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah. But yeah, what of why why? No, it's just like incorporating that type of mechanic in a blockchain yeah. based game. Mm-hmm. Like the, the imagine had World of Warcraft had been built on the blockchain. All yeah. the all the time that you spent sure. collecting all that armor and yeah. and that gold and all that stuff. Yeah. You, it would have had like tangible transferable value mm-hmm. versus like, you know, right now it's just an account that if it gets hacked it's gone or if the company goes down it's all gone. Correct. Right. With blockchain, we have yeah. a different opportunity. Yeah, and you know, we were mentioning like how how much a centralized platform would have captured more value. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do think that in that sense, and uh, World of Warcraft is actually a great example because it's actually you know the first example of a worldwide you know meta currency that you know has value outside of the game. Uh, that people were buying gold, and then you may have, you might have done it. Um, I was a bit too young to buy gold at that time, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I felt it. And, um, and you know, like uh, building uh, currencies and building strong economies around blockchain games uh, can, in that sense, capture the value of this economy uh, that would have been, you know, outside of uh, the economy. Like in the case of World of Warcraft, you know, it was uh, kind of uh, cheating the economy when you were buying gold like to, to mining like gold mining uh, companies uh, and people on like outside exchange and Blizzard was not been benefiting um, from this in any way mm-hmm. uh, and in our case we uh, we could actually uh, we could get this you know money back into our economy so mm. um, I, I think it can balance the fact that we are to some extent decentralized so at least the, the assets we, we issue and uh, um, I think it's a good balance. I mean, there is a good balance to find here. You know, Nathan, uh, uh, Shunolia, go ahead. I, I like the, um, the comparison that you just did with MMORPGs because we think that uh, MMORPG with their mechanics where you can have uh, quests, side quests, mm-hmm. trading of uh, currency on centralized marketplace, unfortunately, for, for the one that allowed them exchange rate based on that, and uh, guilds, clans. Uh, common goals. Yes, those are all uh, game mechanics that many players uh, playing traditional games are used to, mm-hmm. and should be part of uh, blockchain game as well. Mm-hmm. Specifically, metaverse-based, virtual world-based blockchain games. So, these are definitely uh, topics and gameplay mechanics that we are going to implement uh, to have meta gameplay, to have multiplayer social experience, and find ways to create common goals and mechanics where we could have uh, faction or clans or guilds trying to potentially conquer the space or have side quests that that go beyond just creating game and playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's really something we're exploring at the moment and it will define our vision for sandbox metaverse for the several years to come. A uh, quick question. I am curious. What uh, can you describe, like an example of how you one would collect a gem in the game? Like, what what would you have to do in order to collect a gem? 
mean, that's left up to the, the, the game creators, right? It's kind of like a reward uh, incentive that they can implement into their games, I'm assuming. So gems are, are your C20 tokens. They will have uh, infinite supply, but it's capped on daily basis and it's going to be capped based on uh, certain uh, variables such as the amount of sand that will be staked overall inside the metaverse. And uh, then based on uh, the distribution in the land, then your land has a higher likelihood of uh, generating gems than others for example oh. and we we think the user experience of finding the gems for the player is uh, probably related to uh, coming in the game and finding where the game where the gem has been spawned inside the game so there's also a gameplay behind that mm. can be like sort of uh, hide and seek or exploration uh, meta gameplay beside playing the game that the original game creator has made. Gotcha. Although uh, we are still exploring with a mechanic and uh, what I shared is like the original vision we have with it, which we might tweak as we implement it and uh, see if it's actually fun like this or we want to improve it. That makes sense. So uh, if you own land, then there's a potential to... to, to to generate gems because you own that land. And then from the player's perspective, um, they can go and, and explore to potentially find more gems. Would that be correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Then, um, uh, then what, what defines like, let, let's say I man here, he, he purchased some land, but where, where do you have the more likelihood to find these gems? Like is that have been established or is it just, uh, like a random opportunity based on how many lands you have? I mean, how does that work? I think we'll, we are still uh, preparing uh, the first public launch of the game platform. And because we are user-generated content, what we are putting a lot of attention at the moment is on which game experience will be available at launch from both um, creators and land uh, owners, such as yourself and the different partners that we have announced across our two first round of pre-sale, mm -hmm. uh, such as Sean the Sheep, such as uh, different blockchain gaming companies that have announced they will be working, uh, they are joining our metaverse and building with us. So first and foremost, let's make it fun to, uh, to explore those land and play in this land uh, as the regular gameplay before we actually define how the secondary gameplay or sure. like what's the meta game behind is around finding gems. Um, we've started to experiment things also related to the avatar, the third person view. I, I shared some uh, videos and we shared some videos on social media already and we're starting to see also good feedbacks and people commenting about it. So in a way, um, we think it will be very collaborative with the community and the way they give us feedback or oh, this is looking great, or oh, you should make it more like this or like that, is also going to contribute a lot to the way we will implement the feature. Like, finding gems in-game should be something fun. It shouldn't be Absolutely. Like, uh, like a grinding or farming job, sure. I think. Sure, sure. Uh, by the way, if, that, you, if you... We have to work with users to achieve the fun. Sure. Uh, by the way, if you guys need to jump off because you have another meeting or whatever, just let us know and, and we can uh, we can end it. Uh, so just uh, let me know. Um, 
one of the other questions that we had is, you, will the parcels that you have be able to be merged together to create uh, an estate? And um, will those estates give you a, a larger benefits? So, absolutely. It's the most requested feature at the moment. Uh, people who have adjacent land but were not lucky enough or did came a bit too late based on the pre-sale to get the larger estate. Mm -hmm. One of the features we're going to introduce, uh, hopefully by the next pre-sale or if not uh, one right after, is to enable users to merge adjacent land into a larger estate. Mm -hmm. What that will allow essentially is to create bigger game. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you have more space for your creativity. Although that, if you compare the space available that we make available in Sandbox with the other metaverse, we are already one of the largest uh, plots with each land being equal to 100 square meter. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, that's already quite... Um, that's it, pretty large. It allows to create quite um, interesting worlds, large enough for fun, you know, one by one. Uh, and the larger estate will be even more fun specifically as uh, uh, you can we, we'll have a multiplayer mode called co-building where you can invite friends into your land and create together using the uh, elements and blocks that you will uh, authorize access to and that brings another interesting question like uh, for new users who just entered the uh, metaverse what kind of what's the spawning process for them is there like a a central hub where all beginner players will generate from, or do they individually select what parcel experience they want to uh, participate in and teleport directly to that location, or how does it work? Well, uh, one thing that uh, the Sandbox Metaverse has is it's not a single persistent world mm -hmm. like uh, Second Life was or uh, World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. It's actually a, a series of hundreds of thousands of game experience mm -hmm. uh, or each one being differentiated mm -hmm. um, mm. and that you access using your avatar, the mm. avatar being the common element that is being uh, shared across all this world. So you have your own character that you can customize. He will be an NFT and you will be able to use to enter all the different game experience. Now, uh, you could see that we have uh, a dashboard uh, as part of our platform where with a map yes. on the, this map, will become uh, the main point of uh, access to this metaverse. Mm -hmm. So um, you'll be able to search games, filters there, preview the games with the thumbnail, etc. And uh, through your search, you'll be directed uh, to different spots on the map where the games you're looking for are located. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to see not only the game that uh, you were looking for but also all the adjacent games around with the icon etc mm -hmm. and from there uh, you'll be able to choose which one you want to enter and play on larger estates are more eye-catching so they are more likely to grab your attention uh, on this process additionally to that uh, the different uh, sandbox land that the blue spots on our map that we get going to act as well as social hubs where you'll be able to enter directly with your character mm -hmm. and meet with other uh, players there chat and potentially as well access different game experience from there now we also will have uh, additional mechanics for traveling the metaverse uh, 
with your avatar and exploring it in different ways, which we are still working on um, and haven't yet announced. So this will be, I think, accessible through many ways, both from the dashboard and from the in-game metaverse. And I think it's going to be quite interesting. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the map right now and I see how, let me see if I can, I can share just so that you see what I'm, what I'm talking about. But I see how people are starting to, it looks like, it looks like they're merging, but I think it's from the perspective of like just the map. And in the map, you, you're able to uh, put your own logo on the, on the land itself. And I thought this was a really, really good idea. Um, and so these larger estates here, they've been purchased by, I'm, I'm assuming, like larger companies who have already an idea of like what game to create. So, um, so you, you, you see uh, some different categories here. So the blue ones are from, you know, the sandbox, the reserve. Uh, so basically the, the, the lands that we keep for giveaways uh, for partners as well. And um, so the partners that we've secured, so we've secured more than 35 partners. Among those, you can see like Allstall, Thundersheet, uh, Maker, DAO, uh, CryptoKitties. Mm -hmm. uh, so many partners, um, we actually, you know, have a partnership with them. So uh, most of them actually, you know, receive a land as uh, part of their partnership in order for them to build inside our metaverse. Mm. Um, and uh, others, such as, you know, the big one that you see, like Mindfund or the WS ones, are ones built by, uh, who has been bought uh, by users and mm -hmm. that basically changed their logos. So this is a feature we implemented into the, um, into this round of pre-sale. Um, that is potentially likely to, to have some improvement in terms of design, but, uh, basically it's, uh, user-generated logos. Um, yep. So some of them are partners and some others are, you know, just big estate owners that just, uh, you know, uploaded their, uh, uploaded their logo there. One thing quite interesting that we thought gaming organically is this logic of neighborhood. People feeling like by being close by from each other, we'll already start discussing what they could build together and are really uh, genuinely excited to be just nearby. Yeah. We also saw some, uh, uh, what I would call crypto wealth users who've been generous enough to actually already give uh, visibility to some projects they like by offering them uh, the logo mm -hmm. to promote their project, even though they are the actual uh, owner of the land, of the underlying land or estate behind. Mm -hmm. So those are some kind of uh, use case that we are really excited about and think uh, will hopefully become even more mainstream as we'll be releasing more and more land uh, across the next pre-sale and until the platform is publicly available. So right now, what you're seeing is only 7.5% of the total map supply of Sandbox. Mm -hmm. uh, you have on the right side this icon where you can see a, a, a mini map if you click on it, uh, this uh, expand icon on the bottom right. Uh, and from there, you can start exploring what would be the full metaverse size. And um, oh, yeah, all the dark. Yes, exactly. You yeah, can see black. it's actually just a small portion of the whole uh, that will be made available. Right, I uh, see. And we have a. Uh, so this is essentially the center. Who, but we have big gaming company coming in our uh, next round. Uh, and, and this is, again, very promising for the future of the metaverse and blockchain gaming in general. Interesting. Okay. So then basically for the next uh, presale, 
We need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, it seems <laughs> like uh, the land that's already sold is probably going to be the most valuable. Yeah, I mean, just, just because just, it's closer just, to the center. Yeah, just speculating, right? You know, what's, what's more valuable and what's less valuable. I mean, it's all valuable, but this is what people do when they invest in land. They, they, they think, you know. Yeah, speculation on which, yeah. which is going to be think, valuable. Yeah, definitely. We've seen that week that over $1 million in total has been spent by a landowner and people with crypto across three main projects, which definitely uh, shows that there's excitement about the potential around it. Mm -hmm. We position ourselves to be the most accessible of all the metaverses mm -hmm. with prices of land starting with current discount at only the equivalent of $30 and choosing uh, a non-auction based approach so that uh, all lands of similar size are always the same price independently of their location. Mm -hmm. And it's really a first-come, first-served approach where anyone can get a chance to get it where they, they want as long as they are there on time when we announce, uh, when we open after we announce the, the pre-sale. Mm -hmm. um, and generally, the feedback we receive from the community uh, is overall positive about our approach and the user experience of uh, buying the land uh, when the pre-sale has started. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess um, our last question or that we want to get into is is kind of like your 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 decentralization approach or your governance approach. Uh, like how hands off are you guys going to become, if at all, in a future version of this? Once once the uh, you know, the metaverse is actually launched and the community is generating all the content or creating the games. Uh, how, what's your role as a company within that, uh, at that phase of the roadmap? Yeah, so uh, to begin with, uh, we, we need to start with a pretty hands-on approach. Uh, yeah, of course. Because we, we have to, uh, yeah. on a technical level, we, uh, we need to be uh, close to what's happening and we do not have the uh, yet released, you know, the, the eventually the, the technology that allows us to be hands off. So mm -hmm. just for that reason, we need to be hands on. Another good reason is that um, is that we we will need and we will always need some kind of human intervention in the creation of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, because it's it's a user generated content platform, uh, there will you know the people will basically create what they want. They will basically upload all the Lego logos they want. So um, we need to make sure that they do not, that, you know, they respect the rules and they do not uh, you know, import uh, things that do not, uh, that cannot be featured on our, on our marketplace and that respect the values of the sandbox. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine what we don't want to feature on, uh, you know, as logo on our metaverse. I did you guess, but, I, but so we, we do need some kind of curation and, and I think it's a great, uh, uh, question, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. and moving forward, we'll try to indeed decentralize the process of creation mm -hmm. because that there need to be some creation, as I've mentioned. Um, and uh, the, uh, you know, the further we go, uh, the, the more decentralized we are going to to be, mm -hmm. um, and that will involve a complex systems, such as like, you know, creation systems, potentially decentralized creation systems, um, for the community to uh, you know. Uh, in a decentralized fashion, vote for the content that will or will not be uploaded on that platform. Uh, but that again implies some technological advancement that we're uh, not not ready to deploy as of today. Um, but so so to answer your question uh, briefly, yes, we will move forward 
you know, a decentralized way of, uh, of working. But as of today, it's not the case. And we, yeah. we need to curate the content. Yeah, that's un- totally understandable. You're at the beginning phase of all this. I mean, it's, this isn't going to just appear out of thin air. You guys have to create the act. You have to get the ball rolling, essentially. And everyone exactly. understands that. Like in a user generated content platform, what we like today is content and is king, and the platform is queen for the distribution. Mm-hmm. The, our experience is we are working uh, with curated. Well, we launched the Creators Fund and the Game Makers Fund to have very high quality content made by artists that we've trained and approved and following specific guidelines so that when we launch everyone entering our uh, metaverse can already see play um, gaming experience or buy on the marketplace content that will inspire them and will be of high quality setting the trend for what's come what will come next uh, from the user generated uh, content perspective mm-hmm. now beside the the daos around curation i think uh, on, on a more midterm to long-term uh, vision we also discussed the idea of having mm-hmm. users setting up decks to trade out some of our in-game currencies like mm-hmm. gems that's one thing and going even further uh, i do believe that uh, as a platform we are layering the ground to the ownership of the asset and the game for potentially more um, MMORPG sort of game features. Like you can definitely imagine clans being built and DIOs happening based on the ownership of specific assets. And you can only enter this clan if you did actually buy this or that asset or if your land is located within a certain region. And uh, there's always two ways to approach it. We can either try to build ourselves all the applications through our dashboard to enable that. Mm-hmm. But if we also expose the APIs and we organize Akaton, and we have great developers who are um, knowledgeable enough enough about blockchain, they will come up with this kind of ideas and application built on top of it. We can already see in other metaverse projects like visualization tool for uh, maps and price of the maps for uh, the people who are buying lands there and we can already see uh, for example on there was uh, his wizard game and they, there's someone who created his DAO and based on the ownership of certain uh, assets then it gave you right within the DAO to participate in clans etc mm-hmm. so I, I'm actually um, Genuinely interested and excited to see how we'll be surprised by what the community of the Opera will build on top of this first layer that we are preparing mm-hmm. and what can come uh, from this. So uh, for, for us, if we want to contribute to, to this world right now, we can do a, a voxel art and, uh, and then just purchase land. And that's, that's for, for now, that's what we can do, correct? That, that the most... Um, a direct way indeed to interact with Sandbox Metaverse is to download VoxEdit at the moment and start uh, using the different templates that we made available, start painting them and then changing the shape, keeping the skeleton and and figuring and submitting potentially even project IDs to our game makers fund so we can give you an earlier access to uh, the build so you will be able to experiment Okay. How to create a game around it? Yeah, that's because what, that's all what our games are going to be essentially content-driven. Like the, the two ways to make game with our no-code approach is to change the shape and the look and feel of the environment, mm. and to place content with specific uh, behaviors inside. Gotcha. And the, 
you you might think those are limitations and you would want more but what we found with our experience also is that when you give a certain framework with limitations people are always much more creative and overcome sure. or use those limitations to their advantage sure. and sometimes create new mechanics and fun things that were uh, really unexpected or even our team couldn't come up with so that <laughs> that's always the great surprise about it sure no that makes a lot of sense uh, yeah, because we're we're very creative, but I don't know if we're very artistic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's a good point. But once we're, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to understand like the 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 boundaries of what you guys created and what we can do with those boundaries, and see if we can like push the boundaries a little bit with like some custom creations that we that we make. Um, and you know, this, this is like really exciting for us because one of the things that we think are going to be successful in the metaverse is the ability to earn, um, either assets or earn uh, cryptocurrency to a certain extent that allows us to create a better gaming experience because that's, that's, what's new in the, in the blockchain space, in the gaming space is that, mm -hmm. that ability to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we're going to be able to attract people to start playing these games. So uh, I think I think uh, that's I, I like everything that I'm hearing. Uh, so so what's next for you guys? Like we're you're gonna do another presale of land, and when when is when is the next phase after the the presales are done? Well, the next major phase for the project is going to provide to this uh, community of landholders and creators the game builder in alpha or beta stage and they will start building the experience and people can start seeing the user generate content experience made by them okay and get a, a, a more closer idea of what they can experience afterwards um there's uh, the introduction of sand tokens in the platform where okay. the token ERC20 UT token will actually be usable. Uh, so they have a true utility as a medium of transaction and further like governance, staking related mechanism mm -hmm. uh, on Sandbox game platform and curation as well. And, uh, and from there, uh, launch uh, once we are ready and we estimate there's enough uh, quality games that can be visited by more. Uh, the, the public, so I would define it as like a more general mainstream gamers audience. Mm -hmm. uh, and the multiplayer features already as well will be opening Sandbox platform to everyone. And uh, it will be uh, the, the beginning of our life story as a metaverse, accessible by anyone. Help me, help me understand. More platform, like multi, uh, uh, mobile, like being able to mm. play. Gotcha. Great for mobile, uh, and there's more. Help me understand the. Sure, no, I understand. <laughs> Help me understand the staking of sand. What's the motivation beyond be, behind like um, having players stake sand? Well, the underlying mechanic of staking sand is making sure that uh, there's these sand are no longer in circulation, so they are actually okay. reducing the supply of sand, okay. and it will. Uh, potentially have an impact of uh, how uh, users are valuing sand on the platform. Interesting. Okay. And why would you, uh, like, coming from a traditional gaming platform, uh, probably bought uh, virtual currencies in free-to-play games, and you've let that virtual currency sit for a long time on your wallet. Like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> as a gamer myself, I'm not trading every day the currency 
policy that I own, I actually kind of let it sleep. Mm -hmm. But we think it could sleep in a more exciting way uh, and a way that can also have uh, a um, generate an interest. Uh, and in Sandbox platform, one of the ways it will generate an interest for the landowner and the players is through the GEMS mechanism. It is only one of the way we are also working to see if there's more interesting options that can come through. Um, and, and, and uh, yep. No, that makes sense. That makes sense because if once you start to stake uh, the sand, like you're saying, it, it reduces the circulation, which gives people or it has more value in that in that sand. And uh, I guess we have to create motivations from a gaming mechanic to stake the sand from a gameplay me mechanic, and and so each each parcel has its own little game, right? It, it has its user generated yeah. gameplay, essentially. Yeah, that that's the idea. Um, and just to add up uh, regarding the staking mechanisms, that's also you know you know re regarding the curation systems that we uh, briefly talked about, mm -hmm. um, staking sand into a land or you know whatever the the place where you stake sand. Uh, it's a way to involve deeper the community and, uh, you know, to put money where the mouse are. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's actually like, a, um, you know, in, a, uh, in curation systems, it, um, it's, it's quite common. Uh, and it's a way to, again, incentivize people to act and behave in a, in a healthy manner. Mm. If they put, you know, money at stake and then they vote, they, don't, they want to behave correctly. So that they, you know, uh, don't want to get slashed, and they can potentially get, you know, rewards on top of their stakes. So we're uh, thinking uh, also uh, about, you know, staking regarding creation me mechanisms. I mean, it's still pretty early stage for that, but mm -hmm. uh, that could be also a way to to see things. That's fascinating because uh, now that I'm learning about this and, and understanding, like in, in my head, it allows me to think of different game mechanics that I can come up with for our particular land. So um, let's see if this makes sense to you guys. So I have land, and uh, I have an idea of a game, and I tell the community about it, and they agree with that idea. So theoretically, the community would stake their sand in, in my land. Would that, would that be like the, the first step? So there, there's many ways that your community can actually get involved with your ID. Okay. Uh, they could actually also participate uh, in with you by giving you sand or supporting uh, you to create in your land in real time by uh, in, in the social multiplayer mode. As they see you build, they can give you sand tokens to keep on uh, building. That's okay. something that we've seen in so many games, uh, which are Twitch-based, for example, sure. and sometimes in MMORPGs as well. So that that will be some sort of like Patreon-like mm -hmm. or, or sponsoring of uh, content creators. <clears throat> Normally, uh, we we thought only the landowner could stake sand in his land as a way to promote his game, but it could be interesting to enable like a group of users um, to to support the creator by staking their sand as well okay. inside a specific land. Okay. I, I mean, it doesn't need, it actually makes sense. So I, I, that's a great suggestion that it's not restricted only to the landowner, but anyone can support 
uh, a specific game uh, to by staking its sand into it. So okay, so let's say we have the community stake some sand into our our land, our concept, our game concept. Um, will I be able to use this sand for a, a resource to create, uh, you know, the game itself? So in, in that sense, uh, if the land, the sand that is stake is normally supposed to be locked by smart contract. That's okay. the definition of the staking. So it's not like a loan where you can use it yourself to buy asset. I see. However, we can have, again, like creators supported by uh, its community and as you're maybe uh, in a multiplayer mode, as you're starting to create and they show what you create, you can ask your community and followers, look, I need a, a thousand cents to buy this asset that, I been, that I saw on the marketplace and I would like to add. Would you guys be willing to support me and put it, give me that sand, this is my wallet address, or this sure. is my account on Sandbox platform. Sure. And if you have established a trust relationship with your uh, community, showing that you're delivering when you request something, I, I believe they could be supportive to you in that sense. Okay. And in the same way, yourself as a game creator, you can use your sand to actually pay for artists that you found on the marketplace to That's create right. the desired asset that you will need for your game. If, as you mentioned, you're more of a developer than an artist. So I, I do believe Sand as a utility token will really uh, support the whole um, the, the whole sandbox platform in so many aspects that encompass art production, game production, staking, uh, and other mechanism as well. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I like I like where this is going because it does bring something new to the table, and it allows us to expand our like frame of thought on creating games and like incentives to play those games yeah uh, because other metaverses have different uh, rules and restrictions and different uh, gameplay styles and so the, the sandbox brings us something new that we can kind of be creative about mm -hmm. and so i think that's and, and we're like we're essentially game creators we that's what we like to do and blockchain allows us to actually make um you know some money with um with these like independent games that we create and you know this is this like new capability that you guys are bringing to the table allows us to really think outside the box essentially. Mm -hmm. So uh, so yeah, we really appreciate your time. Um, I know that you guys have probably a million other things to do. Yeah, uh, I know that you guys are going to be at the New York City conference um, on the twentieth. Uh, we wish we could have been there, uh, but uh, we we have other kind of obligations for the 20th. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, we hope to meet you guys in person uh, maybe next year over there or um, sometime sooner. Mm -hmm. uh, but we yeah, want to tell you... sooner. Uh, I guess I understand uh, like the dates collaborate with another public metaverse launch date. Yeah. Uh, I can guess what it is. <laughs> um, if you, by any chance, in Argentina at that time, well, we have our office there as well. Okay. So let me know, and we are more than happy to. Oh no! To thank show you. you. Our offices. If not, um, well, let's. I hope I, because we have been really uh, working hard to promote uh, the benefit of blockchain technology for gaming in general and NFTs at various world events. I'm sure we'll see each other before. And I wanted to thank you as well for the like the great question and some of the suggestion. It's always great to chat with actual creators, absolutely, and, and change the feedback and see where we can potentially uh, 
improve uh, the way we think or the direction that we take uh, with this feedback. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, just uh, on a side note, uh, one of our goals is to uh, actually travel and, and meet our, our uh, everyone that we talk to on the podcast. So yeah. um, once it's once so we great. head out to Argentina, we'll let you know. Sure. So, Definitely. Yeah. And there will be also an event in Paris uh, called EdFici um, on March 3 to 5th where yeah. We'll have a large gaming track, uh, NFT track, uh, will be speaker, and Nathan is also one of the co-organizers. So you are uh, warmly invited to come in Paris. Yeah, and awesome. just announced uh, Vitalik who is going to be there at HCC, mm. oh, so he should okay. also be there. Awesome. Also, sure. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, Sebastian and Nathan, I appreciate your time, and uh, let's meet up and, and get together and, and have a beer or something. Or Sounds, a few. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Have bye a bye. great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> so do you want to, like, recap on, after that? Or? Yeah, let's let's recap just a little bit. Um, so, so going into that, I, I definitely learned a whole lot more. A whole, dude, so, so let's, let me explain. So Iman and I spent uh, quite a few hours trying to research Sandbox, right? We were trying to prepare for this interview. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, when we prepare for an interview, we always have like this train of thought that we think that's this is how the interview is going to go. Yeah. And every every single time we actually execute on this interview, it goes completely different. Yeah, that's why it's we're starting to come to the realization. Just I don't know if off the cuff. Yeah, off that. the cuff ad lib, but you know, yeah, this, like like we had like a little structure. Yeah, and we didn't even <laughs> not even close to. But follow but it. you know what, the structure <laughs> actually helped because. It, we knew what the structure was, and the, yeah. the the natural conversation just started at a different point well, in I, that structure. And it's also because we're, we're actually genuinely interested. Yeah, in this. like this reminds me a lot of the the podcast we had with Maddie like seven or eight months ago right. when we first learned about Decentraland. Like we just reached out to him because we were like desperately uh, curious. Cur- like we needed some more information, so we started YouTubing. Yeah. Uh, Decentraland and Maddie was the number one producer of content. And like you know, so I was like, dude, this is the guy to go to. Yeah, we gotta right. get, we gotta talk to him. And I think that turned out to be one of our more interesting podcasts, just because of the genuine curiosity yes. and desire to learn more. The question just it came out like yeah, butter. it just flowed. Yeah, yeah, it just flows right. And I think the same thing happens here for any project that we like have a genuine. In, in our case, you know, we're more more than likely we'll get involved at some point. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah, because uh, like I was saying, like the way he was explaining sort of like what the boundaries are for, for the sandbox, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it does bring something new to the table in the sense that with these boundaries, you know, I'll give you the sandbox and you figure out, you know, how to potentially generate some revenue or create a better yeah. experience for people, cultivate a community. Just whatever your heart desires, yeah. essentially. But their job is to put, lay the groundwork Put the tools in place. Yeah, set up the sandbox. Exactly. I mean, that's what that's what it is. And we know people naturally like, dude. It's it's just cre- pure creation, man. Like, yeah. You, you can't you can't help but get like hooked on the tap. I mean, people already are. Yeah. From a player perspective, things like Minecraft and Roblox, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what makes those experiences so addictive. But now you're adding like an actual ownership element to it, where you're actually doing or earning some type of uh, value. Yeah. Based on the time you spend, I mean that's, yeah. No, to me, that's like a home run hit. Yeah. Uh, the the big Dude, question exactly, is exactly exactly. Yeah. It's like um you know I I I used to play a lot of games back in the day, right? 
yeah, and before he got like too busy and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. but every time I felt I, I played those games, especially when I was in college and playing Halo and all that, yeah, I felt like crap because I felt like I just <laughs> wasted time, right? Even uh, though it was like yeah. entertaining and yeah. we were hanging out, it it was great, but like you know, I could have you know been doing something constructive, uh, but with this like type of game style, like if you're earning a little bit of money by you know, creating these, um, you know, creative, like, gameplays, mm-hmm. like, it's different. Like, I wouldn't feel that same feeling I had before where I felt like I was well, sort of, like, wasting time. Meaning, like, after, like, a weeks of hardcore gaming, like, you open your 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 Ethereum wallet and you see yeah. the balance has gone up by, like, a thousand bucks or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Who the hell wouldn't game? Exactly. For, <laughs> you're making a thousand bucks and, like, I mean, and that... Theoretically. That? Yeah, theoretically. And maybe, like, the you'll accrue maybe a few hundred dollars in sand by, like, I don't know... Or winning, winning, playing. And then you're earning NFTs, I guess, through game experiences, too. Yes. And then I guess you do your own mental calculations. Like, okay, I got this Mythic now, and that's worth a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know a couple of people who are earning a living by creating NFTs. and Yeah, yeah, there's people... Earning a living trading them like like trading Maddie. I think yeah. Maddie put out like a report. Like he made like sixty thousand last year just flipping land or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's gonna be a legitimate income, like yeah. a legitimate job. Yeah, I know? mean it's just like a real estate today. Exactly. I mean that's that's essentially what you're doing, but you're yeah. doing di- digitally. Yeah, which is all awesome. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so of course you know with any interview that we have, there's always like some technical difficulties. Um, sure, we haven't broke that streak yet. Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> We're, There's always some someone's dropping out, someone's some extra ones dropping in, something like that. I don't yeah, know. no, and in this case, it was like you know an honest one because you know I think they had like several computers mm-hmm. and uh, they muted one computer and they were talking in another, but they had the camera going on the on the muted one, and yeah. so when when Sebastian was talking, we could see the camera from the other one, which. Mm-hmm. You know, on Zoom, it doesn't really show that, right? right? And not until you select a different. See, but that's that's a. I mean, yeah. I so ideally, we want to like meet these people and like yeah, know, have exactly. more discussions like that. But I mean, it's not. We're not at the point where that's feasible, <laughs> honestly. Like, yeah, I would love to go to Paris, dude. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you'd have to make some serious personal sacrifices for that interview. That's, that's you know true. What I mean? that's that's a, true. That's true. But yeah. but it's worth it because first, we're genuinely interested, and plus, that's how you. That's yeah. how you cultivate a relationship That's with people. True. So, yeah, it, it it is our goal. We're have to like hijack a ride on like a cargo plane yeah, or something yeah. <laughs> to get over there. Like, dude. Go over there in a box. Exactly, <laughs> like ourselves in a box. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that went great. I I think I have a much. So what I was saying earlier was, we did a lot of research on sandbox, but we never fully got enough information to we uh, where we understood everything that we talked about. Well, that's why we do this, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. That's that's what I'm saying is like we're getting a lot of feedback from our Decentraland uh, you know, content, I guess that people are learning. Yeah. That's right. And that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. You know, we're learning too. We're learning at the same time as you guys and Yeah. That's you know, Yeah, and that's that's my point is that a lot of the stuff that he talked about like there's none of that information anywhere. Yeah. Like we couldn't we didn't know a lot of this stuff that he was saying. Yeah. And it's important. Yeah, because, like, at, at, on the face level, like, all these new metaverses coming out, everyone thinks that they're, like, competing platforms. But 
at the end of the day, they're really not. Yeah, they're not. It, it's, it's it's their own like separate universe. Yeah, as far as the experience is completely different from Decentraland, but also like the, the the thing that's cool about it is the assets that are generated within each individual metaverse. I guess at some point will be you know transferable. I mean, they already are transferable from account to account, but meaning like within the metaverse, maybe like one game in the sandbox yeah. can use the same, I don't know, weapon or for sure gear. But the, the question I have is if you transfer one asset from like Decentraland into the sandbox, like how does the, how does the artistic look? process function? I, I, I you know? have questions on that too. I, I think the NFT is like recognized by sandbox, but it says... Hey, but you have to go and like <laughs> draw it out and so, yeah. do do a voxel edit. You cannot import this asset unless it goes through some type of like edit. Maybe there'll be like a committee, like a, a assigned by the DAO. Just just their only job is to like well, just no. To, uh, I think if you're if you're importing it, I think you have to do it yourself. What if you don't know how to use that program? Well, it's then kinda, you, you pay somebody to do it. Like if you really want to import that sword that you got in like into another game, into another game's like, well, you gotta play by its like looks. Like yeah, the, yeah, it's not gonna be like some low poly sword from Decentraland turned in or transferred into Voxelverse yeah, or whatever. That's right. <laughs> it's yeah, not it's, gonna, not, it's, it's not. It's not a translation. Work. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to draw it out. But at that point, then you change the look. But nonetheless, it's still the same NFT, even though it looks different. Yeah. No, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same asset. It's the same asset. So that's my big, well, we'll see. Like we're so early in all this, man. Like, yeah, we're going to find out, uh, dude, two days, two days, <laughs> two days <laughs> yeah. man. We got Decentraland launch in two days. Yeah, that's true. Dude, we got so much shit to do once we wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do. <laughs> like, now, now the interview's over now because we're thinking about that. Yeah. You know, um, like this is good because we initially we thought uh, the sandbox was launching on the 20th too, but we were yeah. totally wrong. Thankfully, we were they're not. Yeah, they're not. Because that would, would be, we would be uh, there would be too too many things to do. Yeah. Um. So but, we we could focus the next couple of days on launch, and then we'll this will yeah. probably come out like on the twenty second or something like that. I'm assuming. Yeah, it just depends on like if we finish everything for for Decentraland, then yeah, this this will be out soon after. Okay. Cool. But yeah, um, that was a good good call. Uh, I'm glad they had some time to talk to us, and uh, this was this has been in the making for a couple of weeks now, so. Yeah, so I guess like naturally, if if you guys listening or <clears throat> want to know more or interact with these guys yourselves, join their Discord. Yeah, join their Discord. Join uh, our Discord as well, so we can keep in touch. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like like I said, I already have land, so we have potential. I mean, there's not much to do yet, dude. A hundred by hundred meters. That's like ten parcels in Decentraland, roughly. Is it a hundred by hundred meters squared? Hundred meters squared. That can't be right. That sounds so wrong. It. That's freaking massive. It, it is massive. Yeah, it's like. A 10 by 10, almost, in Decentraland. A 10 by 10? Yeah, because there's 16 meters. Oh, big. you mean like a 10 by 10 estate? Yeah. Dude, that's ridiculous. That yeah. can't be right. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Especially it's huge. considering the price of it, you know? Only yeah. 30 bucks for one parcel? And not only that, it depends on, like, what the what the gameplay assets look like, how big they are. And it's true. It could be just, like, a number. Like, it's all about It's 100 meters, but right? it's perspective. Exactly. Yeah, but, like, the objects themselves could be, like, freaking massive meg- megas. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. We'll find out, man. Yeah. You know, we'll definitely report back. You know, one day we'll get. I like the see now. There, there. We know for for certain now. Their, their emphasis isn't on like deep hardcore programming. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it's a no code exactly. gaming platform. They use that. Ter- that's like a new term. That's it is like a new populating name. in the tech world, right? Exactly. No code. 
Exactly. Elaborate on that, because I hear Oscar talk about that all the time, like no code, everything. So essentially, uh, no code means that back in the day when you created a website, you would have to hard code it. Yeah. Uh, You would have to actually code it in, you know, HTML. And uh, that's how you used to build websites. Now, with like uh, Squarespace and Webflow and and all all these companies, it's basically a drag and drop situation. I mean, obviously, Webflow is a far more flexible platform than you know, what Squarespace is. Yeah. But both, both applications are no code applications. And, uh, so there's, you can create apps with no code, uh, idea to it. Uh, you, you're, you're going to be able to create, well, in this case in, in sandbox, you can create a game with no code. So you'll do, you'll just have to like use the mechanics that they have. Yeah. And I guess in the beginning it'll be like smart blocks Yes. Kind of like how Minecraft, they have like blocks that have like, like functionality. functionality. Yeah, you yeah. put them into your, your creations and right. then things happen, I guess. That's right. So Doors open, buttons push, and like <laughs> yeah, things, things happen. Things start spawning, yeah. and they start coming at you, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. I like that. Yeah, so they're they're bringing that aspect to the blockchain where like you know, absolute no-coders like myself, yeah. they have a, an opportunity to create, you yep. know? Like yep. me, I'm, I'm, I'm at the mercy of... Oscars, yeah, yeah. <laughs> capabilities because I cannot touch that SDK. If to say, like, there's no way to save your it's life. Not happening, yeah, me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I really wanted to, I could come to this universe or metaverse and spend maybe a few hours learning the uh, the voxel create system. Yeah, that's true. And just do it myself. That's true. I th- that you would be able. To, you'd probably have an easier time creating a ghost. That's right. I, in, in voxel art, then <laughs> if you go to our pack, blender. If you go to our pack runner, the ghost I actually created. That's like, right. Straight from from nothing by, by accident. <laughs> <laughs> like you start off with a little sphere and blender. I was just poking at it until something that looked like a ghost showed up. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, dude, this is good enough. Let's yeah. just put it in. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but that was way more complicated than this. You know, yeah, this for sure. Cooler. So yeah, I'm excited to see this whole no code thing show up and see like how how well it gets adopted and. And as you can see, like in this map here, um, in this map, we're this is this is like the top half of the center, right? We got the other bottom half of the center. So uh, yeah. So for much. the next sales, you know, they're gonna be down here, dude. The, probably. The There's probably gonna be two two, quarters, two more sales, right? Two more sales. They would just to solidify the center. Yeah. So once they launch, I mean, we want to get like a know, big motherfucker. We should get like a big one, like like a something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's a. That's a beast. If each parcel is a uh, hundred meters squared, how many how many parcels is that? Can you click on it? Yeah, I bet you it's like twelve or something. Thirty six. What the hell, dude? A thousand bucks? Damn. All right, we'll start <laughs> start playing our games when we can afford this voice. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So absolutely. That, that that way we could uh, we could make uh, some some block runner games in the sandbox, dude. That'd be so cool. Hell yeah. I, I'm curious to see if we could pull that off just as a challenge. Yeah. You know, I totally agree. That would be amazing if we could. I mean, so. Yeah. So uh, these blocks here. So we have green. Yeah. I'm still not 100% sure. Yeah. Like what What does this mean? I asked them. Uh, I think we kind of got like an answer. But I know in their previous games, like, you know, like their, their mobile game, it, it's like you're playing God in a way. And then you just you like introduce or like you introduce water into the like the world you're creating you're, like your your job as a player is just you're creating your own world so you have to start from the very beginning with like el- creating elements like sand I mean sand's not an element but you have to create sand by putting water on top of stone and waiting for the sand you know to produce 
yeah, like that. It uh, seems to me like let's say there was some resource that comes from water, but because this you have thirty six parcels, you have thirty six times the resource of that water. And but the thing so, is, like, there's no, they're all, they all have the same, right? Well, they all have the same, but I'm saying this guy that has one parcel has only one chance to get that water I, resource. I, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Well, I'm just speculating. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, I think that's probably like something they're going to really expand on later on down the road. Yeah. You know, because yeah, right now it's just. Oh, look, look at the assets that this guy owns. He owns that's one of the golems. There's yeah. only two of those. Look, click on it. This is what I was asking him. See, somebody spent a lot of time creating that because it's oh, very detailed. Oh, see, I never noticed this. They have attributes. Main is defense. So what is it? So you can like. So there's so there's elements to this game called magic, speed, luck, defense, and power. So the mechanics, the game mechanics in Sandbox revolve around the interaction of assets that have different degrees of attributes i mean think of it like axes battling each other essentially yeah. axes have their own like attack power and critical damage and stuff like that i think this is for like you know combat mechanics so now yeah. you, you now potentially here you have like a world boss that people can come and you know fight and kill and potentially like earn yeah. sand for killing or maybe like some type of another NFT, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's a gaming asset, you know. Just like imagine that thing in World of Warcraft. They had they had things like that all over a while, like just giant roaming monsters. They're called world bosses, and you would go, they would spawn on occasion, and people would run to them, and yeah. whoever killed it first got the reward. Yeah, that's right. You know, like a guild would get together. Like, so I think that's actually awesome. Now that I think about it, the fact that there's only two of those, that's exactly what that could be used for. Just right. like a random spawn. On like a timer, and like once it goes off, whoever gets to it first, like as a guild, yeah, and kills it, <laughs> you get like a real nice reward. Yeah, to do that. like sand or gems, whatever. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And of course, like anything that like and through this uh, interview, they really emphasize like how they want to incorporate like multiple MMO elements into this world. Anything that's doing that, I'm sold. Yeah, like, I'm already in. Exactly, I'm so in. <laughs> yeah, especially for the grinders out there. Yeah. Well, just the the social aspect too. Like it's just fun, like finding, you know, doing things together as like a as a yeah. guild or a group or a clan, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Anytime a you gang? get, any, any, there you go, <laughs> doing some gang shit. <laughs> anytime you get more than five people together to do something, for one, it's hard to coordinate to get like people like you know to get on at the same time. And in order to do that, like there has to be a serious reward, <laughs> you know, some serious incentive action going on. I know that's. I, I'm that's amazed what, that we've done 51 of these consistently. Oh, you're talking about the podcast? The podcast, yeah, yeah, even that, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is awesome stuff. But yeah, let's call it there. Yeah, let's call it. Uh, so yeah, thank you for watching. Hopefully, you enjoyed that, and uh, we learned a little bit about Sandbox. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Block Runner and join our Discord. Join their Discord as well. I'll have all the links in the description as well. Um, so and, yeah, uh, be sure you know uh, uh, yeah, the Decentraland launch is on the twentieth. Yeah, either this will come before or after, but either way, it's a four-day launch event. So that's true. Just jump in at any time and start collecting your NFTs and start experiencing the world and come see our games, all that cool stuff. Yeah, you'll see sure. you'll see us in there, and then if you do, just just throw us a wave. You can literally do that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give us a nice little wave. Yeah. All right, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, Peace. Thank you for listening to the Block Runner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. <laughs>